the greatest horror story ever told. That's what we're going to talk about today on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I hope you are having a beautiful, beautiful day so far. We're going to talk about horror stories today. We're going to look at the methodology behind horror stories. We're going to look at how they tie into our everyday lives, how they exploit us psychologically, and how you can break free from the patterns of the everyday feelings of fear, worry, and those type of uh, emotional upheavals in our life. Uh, And what I'm going to share today, nothing that I'm going to say is conspiratorial. This is all done in love and light. I want you guys to understand that we're not here to blame anyone and say they, them, the. We're here to understand that we are the creators of our own realities. Now, that is not to refute the idea that obviously there are evil people in the world uh, that just want to see other people suffer. I am aware of that. I am not ignorant to that fact. However, you know, 99% of the time, we are making up all of these fears in our head. We are worried about things uh, because we've been programmed to be worried about them. And what I'm going to share today about the horror genre is going to really open up our collective mind around what these movies really are, what they do to us, um, and how maybe even movies that don't appear to be horror movies uh, are programming us in certain ways as well. Um, And then we're going to read some from Ecclesiastes. We're going to hear some wisdom from King Solomon talking about uh, passing on to the other side and the horrors of this life. Obviously, he he had it all. He uh, was at the top of the hill, house on the hill, big kingdom, all of that stuff. Uh, didn't want for anything. What's up, Annie? Good morning. Didn't want for anything. And he... Um, Marvell, come. Hey. Sorry, the dog this morning. Um He didn't want for anything, and yet he was able to see that there's this whole other world out there. There's this whole other side of life. There's this whole other afterlife or uh, the beyond, and what he's going to talk about is really, really interesting. Uh, Stone Reviews says, uh, do you believe hell is real? Um, I don't believe in the traditional like Dante's Inferno type hell, uh, but I do believe that there's an outer darkness where... Uh, the energies that don't serve into the great energy of love and light will be be thrown. You know, we hear about the outer darkness in multiple spiritual texts, not just biblical texts. So that's kind of the common thread that I see. A lot of our version of hell is, again, concocted by movies, literature, uh, and certain people's ideas of uh, what they believed uh, because of just a handful of verses would be that whole Sheol idea. So I'm definitely not like the the Bible thumper guy when it comes to this. I do have a, a pretty extensive background in biblical studies. Um, not professionally. Uh, I mean, I did do it professionally for a while, but um, certainly not. Um, I don't have anyone's stamp of approval from any university, if that's what you're wondering. So... Uh, but with that said, uh, and by the way, I hope you guys like the green screen today. We've got 
uh, I think I fixed the flicker problem. We, we put the iPad on the other side of the room here and we've got now light coming from the windows and the, the ceiling fans out of the way. And we've got more of a neutral white wall behind me. So hopefully this looks better today. So, uh, I think it, it certainly should. So, uh, but anyway, this idea of the horror genre, uh, I wanted to share a couple of stories today. So we just got to go on vacation and I promised I would share this story yesterday. Um, we just got to go on vacation and, um, we got to go up to Taos, New Mexico. Absolutely beautiful up there. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, in fact, I'll see if I can show you, uh, we had lunch in this place. This is, uh, the little square in Taos, New Mexico. Um, absolutely beautiful. Couldn't ask for a better view. Um, we had, we got to eat lunch here with the dogs. Um, the trip was kind of an up and down trip as far as temperatures, the attitude of our babies, our dogs were not super happy. Here's Abel. He was not happy. Uh, we tried to get him a picture in front of the waterfall and he just, he wasn't having it. You know, some dogs are really photogenic. He was not happy about the trip because we left one of our babies behind our older dog. We left behind. He wasn't too keen on that. So, but yeah, this is the the square in Taos. Absolutely beautiful. And I got to have these moments of beauty on this trip. These moments. You know, you, you spend all this money on a trip. And I say all this money, and, and I mean that in the nicest way. Uh, just with everything right now, the cost of just going on this little trip was, was astronomical compared to what it normally is. Um, and so I, I show this because there were moments of transcendence on this trip where I forgot about, you know, that every meal we bought was between 50 and $80, no matter where we ate, no matter how fast the food was for two people to eat. Um, you know, and then we had dogs that threw up. We had dogs that got sick. Um, we had, uh, we, we, the town we stayed in was, was like a ski town. And by the time we got up there, no restaurants were open. So we couldn't even eat dinner. Like one of the nights we had to drive 45 minutes to another town. Uh, you know, all this weird stuff, but in the middle of that, again, there was these transcendent moments of beauty and really, really enjoying, you know, here we are, we're, we're in this space now where we're, we have this moment and then we got to go on this this four-wheeling trip up to the top of the mountain. And they say that the, the climb is worth the view. And I'm here to tell you, here's a picture of the Jeep with the sunset. This is at 11,000 feet. Not a soul around. In fact, there's a Native American shrine up on top of this, like a big teepee type thing built uh, out of a bunch of logs from the area. And then a, a beautiful fire pit all handmade, you know, out of clay and, and, uh, the logs and everything up there. Um, I didn't get a picture of that just out of respect because it was obviously, you know, kind of a sacred area, but we were able to get up here and, uh, really enjoy the sunset. There's another angle there. Um, absolutely, absolutely beautiful area. I was just so blessed to be able to go up there. Um, and then here's, here's kind of a wider angle. Uh, you can see the snow-capped mountains over here. The dogs got to run around. I mean, we're literally, you know, two hours from civilization here up a, a essentially a fire road or a, a four-wheeler trail. Um, I absolutely 
would not trade this for the world because this experience was absolutely beautiful. Here's the sign. I don't know if you can see that. It was called Greenies Peak. Um, it's outside of Red River, up the mountain, uh, four-wheel drive. Coming down was pitch black dark, but thank God we had lights. We let our light shine. And that this is where this story starts tying into today's episode. The entire trip was weird. It was up and down. It was a roller coaster. Yet in the middle of all that, there was these transcendent moments of realizing the beauty around us and where we were and the idea that we were on vacation. We had to trade something for that. And that was financial value to go and enjoy this view and drive from West Texas, spend time with the family and go enjoy this, this drive up the mountain. That was kind of the main event. We tried to go on a hike. That was another part of this. Tried to go on a hike. The hike did not work out. Um, they were doing a bunch of logging because they had had a fire in the area. And so they had these huge machines on the side of the mountain. The hike we picked was supposed to go up to a lake, be a beautiful, private, quiet lake. Um, and there was a ton of people on the trail. The logging machines were just sawing and you know you could hear it echoing through the canyon area. Then where they rerouted everything because the main trail was covered in logs falling, you know, from the top of the mountain, rolling down the hill. Very dangerous area. They had it all flagged off. Uh, you know, they did a great job with safety. But again, rerouting us, we had to go up a fire road. And then we're going up kind of where the stream is. A bunch of jagged rocks, stair-stepping. We made it about a, a little over half a mile. Uh, and we were exhausted. The poor dogs, their feet were, you know, getting all cut up from the rocks. I mean, it was just not the trail that was like advertised. Um, and so we ended up coming back from that and going on this drive. But that's part of my point for today is stories are what we make them. I can literally, and I know this is a very elementary concept here, but it's something we all need to hear. I can focus on all the bad things that happened on the trip. Or I can focus on the good. Was the trip a success overall? Absolutely. We had a beautiful time. But life is just messy. And all of these things, thank God we were prepared. Had we not had all of these lights on the Jeep that I spent hours and hours putting on and my dad helped me wire them in and everything, they illuminated the trail. It took work so that it could be illuminated in the darkness. And so as we talk about all of these spiritual concepts on this channel, we talk about illuminating the darkness. We live in a world that by all intents and purposes is pretty dark sometimes, can be pretty scary, can be pretty unsure. And we're going to see that with King Solomon's words here, or allegedly his words, it's attributed to him in Ecclesiastes 12, where he's talking about how unsure the world is how scary it can be out there. And so that's the episode today, the greatest horror story ever told, is I want to talk about how, you know, we go from this. This is a picture of a beautiful girl. Uh, this is made with AI images, by the way. Made this with, with a computer. Crazy, the technology that we have today. But you can quickly go from that to that, that's a little creepier. And then now this. That's really creepy. It's all about time and perspective. And so 
these horror movies and horror stories are all about how, what is the look, what is the aesthetic of it, what is the perspective that we're telling the story from. Now, obviously, a lot of these horror movies go into just the most gruesome places, and you know, and and we know that there's some horrible things that happen on this planet. But again, all in all, how do these stories start? It's about a family, you know. There's a family, and they're like, you know, uh, uh, oh, I might lose the job soon. And so we're going to go together and we're going to go to this beach and take this time and, you know, be a family. Well, then the plane crashes on the way and then they're on an island and the island's haunted or whatever. I don't even know what story that line that is. I'm just saying you can go there real quick. And every one of them starts out by tying the main characters to you. Let me repeat that. Every horror movie starts out by tying the main characters that are going to suffer to you. Can you say psychologically mind? So if that makes sense and you're tracking with me on this. And he says, great segue. Thank you very much. What's up, Jason? How are you, brother? Jason, I'm working on the t-shirts, by the way. Jason had a great idea for the t-shirts. Annie, thank you for uh, for having me message him. Uh, Jason, uh, was talking about the shirts doing like a, a small pocket with like the, the team logo on it. And then the artwork on the back, actually we are working on team shirts. Um, I've been doing a bunch of different shirts, like different drops and stuff, but I'm going to start working on more team shirts. And so those are going to be available over on the website. Uh, whenever you guys get a chance, you can go check them out. I should have them done by next week. This is the team membership, but here's the shirts. We're also going to do team shirts. It won't be part of the membership, but if you just want to support what we're doing and you like the artwork that we're doing, right now I'm working on some logos that have the owl on it. We've been talking about the owl imagery. The owl can see through the darkness. It knows what to do. It's it's almost a bearer of light in the darkness because it has the eyes to see, the ears to hear. See the biblical imagery there? And then as the dawn comes, it's resting in its nest and it's watching as the dawn comes and, and bathing in that light. You know, if you've ever seen the, the sunrise and an owl sitting on top of a tree, it's a beautiful thing. Obviously midday they go, go into the trees, but it's just a beautiful thing, a beautiful imagery. They almost call in the dawn. And I was thinking about the sun today and all the darkness in the world and so I'm working on these logos and these images with this owl and we're doing royal purple royalty, remembering that we are all divine creations. And even as we live in the darkness, we have eyes to see and ears to hear and we can call in the dawn. You guys see where the imagery goes here? So how does this all fit into horror stories? That's the big question because it, takes a moment and a perspective to go from this to this. These are both AI images created with the same prompts, two different perspectives, one word variable. If you've ever created uh, AI artwork, you know what I'm talking about with the prompts. But those are the three images. This was the progression. The first perspective went from here to here so the one word variable there was from the old photograph here this was a ghost hunter 
to Ghost Hunter Doll, and then to Creepy Decayed Doll. So just see how quick that can move. Why am I showing you guys these images? Yeah, they're creepy. But I'm showing them to you to give us all perspective on how we live our lives. How we go from here to here so quickly. Worst case scenario, fear, there's not enough. And as I'm learning about karma, one of the things we've been talking about this week is I am doing a lot of the trainings and I just started a book uh, by Sadhguru and I'm trying to learn a lot more about Indian mysticism because it's really important to what we're doing on this channel. All of us that are light workers, if you guys have not read the Bhagavad Gita, uh, if you haven't listened to Sadhguru and, and really tried to understand more of the, the Indian mysticism um, or Eastern mysticism, we'll call it that because there's a lot of different versions of it. Um, it's really important to understanding how we go from here to here. And why is that important? Because as we talk about karma, I've been learning about karma. Karma is really, really interesting. Uh, here's another creepy image here. Talking about horror stories. Karma is really interesting because uh, we often talk about karma as, especially here in the West, we go, you know, well, karma is uh, you, you get what you give. And while there is a sense of reciprocity in that, uh, karma, the way Sadhguru describes it, and I think this is the best way I've ever heard it, is it's literally like if you've ever burned a CD or a DVD and you can't, you know, and that may date me a little bit, you know, I'm in my late 30s, so. Um, but you can kind of look at the disc and you see that there's a little data on there, but you can't do much with it. You just see it and you're like, oh, interesting, there's something on there. S the tiniest micro abrasions on there, not microaggressions, micro abrasions. Um, and they're written with a laser. And of course, uh, you put that in a CD player and you can hear the, the fullness of the sound. It translates into the song, into the vibration. Well, that's very similar to how karma works. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really early in this book. I've, I've done two chapters so far. It's literally called karma by Sadhguru. Uh, highly recommend it. I listened to it at the gym yesterday and, it's more about building the operating system for your life. And so if you put a lot of this stuff in it, a lot of the horror, a lot of the negative, a lot of the uh, there's not enough, a lot of things in there. Uh, thank you, says joyful observation, the way of the Tao. Absolutely. Yeah, if you put a lot of joy in, put a lot of light in, you put a lot of opportunity in, does that mean that nothing bad will ever happen to you? No. Obviously, again, there are evil people in the world. There are factors that are outside of your realm of control. But all in all, and a whole, you have control over your perception of reality. And over your manifesting of that reality around you. And that's kind of, in essence what I'm learning from the book and obviously it goes deeper into it, but, but on a surface level, karma being this thing that you are ingraining every day, small little details on the operating system of your life. And if you want to rewrite that, you can't just in one day go sit on top of a mountain, go, this is beautiful. Everything in my life is perfect. No, you have to continually rewrite. It's going to take a lot of mountaintops. 
a lot of ups and downs for you to continue to rewrite the program of your life. And this is why the industries that we have in the world today that write scripts for people and hand them out to reprogram patterns that it, because that's the easy, easiest thing to do. And I'm not discounting. There's some people that, that absolutely need help like that. But as a whole, how many people are given the script rather than rewriting their own script? And as I've studied in, in things like Scientology, I try to study all different faiths, all different walks. And a lot of my studies in that, I did the whole Dianetics study by L. Ron Hubbard. Whatever you believe or think about him is not relevant, but... Again, there's things to learn from that. And the whole study of that is understanding how your entire body is part of your mind. It's not just your brain. And let me rethink this. It's like, you know, you might end up with a pain in your finger because you smell popcorn and you burned your hand on the popcorn uh, skillet, you know, at your grandmother's house when you were a kid. And so that's part of your script, your operating system, your karmic imprint. How does this tie into horror movies, Cub? Come on. What's going on here? This ties in because horror movies are part of the patterns of our life. And I want to talk about one in particular and a trip that I got to go on when I first got married. My wife and I were really good at arguing at this point in our life because I had a lot of script that had not been rewritten in my life. She had a lot of script that had not been rewritten in her life. We go on this trip up to Pikes Peak in Colorado. And I remember we're driving up the mountain. We're going to go hiking. At the time, I was a heavy smoker. I smoked at least a pack a day. Loved alcohol, especially good microbrew you know, beverage. That was something I really struggled with. Took me a lot of time rewriting my script to get out of that. Rewriting our script includes the four karmas I talked about yesterday which is your thoughts, your actions, your emotions, and your actual energetic expressions. That took a lot for me to rewrite that. Uh, Robert says, uh, doing other things like speaking out loud to the universe or writing it down and placing it under a pillow will help. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of like, you know, prayer, meditation, all of those things are so important. Why is it important to speak with the creator? Why is it important to speak the words out? Because your words are vibrationally creating realities. You say them enough, you start to believe them, you start to take action on them, you start to have emotion around them, and your energies start to align and manifest those ideologies in your life. Manifesting is not this one-day course that a lot of people try to make it. Manifesting takes everything you have because you're a co-creator of the Most High God, and it's going to take you a lifetime to deprogram from the matrix that you've been born into because most people buy into that matrix hook, line, and sinker. There's an old West Texas term for you about fishing. They buy into that so much that they might get a little mindset. They might get a little religion. They might get a little bit of relief from it before they pass on and either do it again or go back to the creator, whatever you believe. And that's what I'm talking about. Everything that I teach on this channel takes 
all of you. This is not something you sit down, listen to every day and go, this is great. I'm learning stuff. I'm ascending. It's all happy rainbows. This is the hard work where you have to go within yourself. Why is the kingdom within? Because you have to go through your own BS to find the kingdom. Why is it a narrow path that few find? Because you have to dig through your own BS to find the kingdom of God. Troy, it's a lifestyle. Amen. Absolutely. And by the way, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what your walk of life is. I don't care who you are married to or not married to your race, your religion, your orientation, your, your identification. I don't care about any of that. Neither does anyone in this community, by the way, as long as you're here in love and light to respect others, to grow personally and ascend and seek truth, light, unity, and oneness. That's why this community is here. And we explore that through faith, spirituality, and the paranormal every single day. Oh, you do these creepy videos. Well, it's Halloween time. We're doing some creepier videos, but we also look a lot. We're going to look in, into gratitude a ton in Thanksgiving. Then moving into Christmas, we're going to dig deep into magic. We're going to dig deep into uh, what is the magic of the season that we all hear about. So we do all these series based on the seasons, just like any good channel does, right? But at the same time, we're looking at all this through a supernatural lens because we are not what we appear. And that's why this is the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. And when I talk about our team, that stands for Transcend, Elevate, Ascend, and Manifest. And so our team are the people that are supporting what we're doing and we've got a really cool community. We've got stuff launching with that later this month with a Zoom, uh, once a month Zoom group that we're going to be doing. There's also going to be free resources in there. We've got all kinds of cool stuff. All that's over at cubkuker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. That will forward you over to the stand store with all the official socials, everything you need over there. Uh, that way you guys, cause there's already copycat accounts of me popping up. So just make sure you go through my website to find all the socials, follow everything, get any of the offers. I have any of the support ways that you can help any of the merch, all of that's on my official website, the.com. So I've simplified it. So it's not the dot me anymore. The dot me will still get you there, but the.com is, is where you can go now. Cubcooker.com. So Yellow Brick Road, this is a movie that came out in 2010. Really interesting movie. It's an hour and 38 minutes long called Yellow Brick Road, one word. This was one of the most mind-bending movies I've ever watched in my life. I don't recommend watching it, by the way. I'm not. This is not a movie review where I'm like, go watch it. But I, I want to talk about what this movie did to me and how it affected, it affected... It outwardly affected my relationship with my wife on a trip I was on. We're going up to Pikes Peak. We had just watched this movie. Now, this movie is it's uh, 1940. The entire population of this Friar, New Hampshire town walked up a winding mountain trail and left everything behind. The entire population, everything left in this town, gone. They walk up this trail, never to be seen again. In 2008... The first official expedition into the wilderness attempts to solve the mystery of the lost citizens of Friar. 
Great setup already for a horror movie. Of course, the, the movie starts out. You, you get character building. You see that, you know, there's a couple in love. There's a, a guy who, you know, this is his last, you know, expedition. You know, you got the whole thing. Every horror movie sets up with this same premise. Again, it's me and you in the horror movie. And by the way, every movie in the world sets up like that. We don't read stories that we can't identify with. That's the whole point of stories, to put ourselves in the pilot seat and experience that vicariously through that story. So, Yellow Brick Road, the poster has Yellow Brick Road on it with a skull and the trees in the background, and it says, this road is no fairy tale ending. This road has no fairy tale ending. And it's a great movie, by the way. It's terrifying. I mean, psychologically, you know, they go up this road. And so, spoiler alert, if you plan on watching it, they go up this road. They end up unaliving each other by the end of it. Or or if I remember correctly, or other things unalive them. But but it's, it's a mind trip the whole time because it's like, you know, you've already built all these relationships and they start taking each other out. And there's there's all this stuff that happens. I don't remember it exactly. I just remember that it ingrained in me, it imprinted on me emotionally a fear of the woods. Now, this is a guy who loves the great outdoors. I love being outside. Yet, I was afraid of the woods with my wife. And on the way up there, we went to Pikes Peak. We hiked around. I couldn't breathe at all because I was a smoker at the time. We finally came down lower below the tree line again, stopped at a lake and wanted to go do the trail that went around the lake. Well, we took a wrong turn and ended up going way up a mountain path that went winding through the tree line, looked so similar to this movie. And I remember being scared, like just a little bit freaked out. Like you're a grown man. Why are you like, that was a stupid movie. Why? And no offense to the filmmakers. Great job because it definitely ingrained something in me. Uh, and I say stupid movie, not as a reflection on your art, but as a reflection on me trying to get over the fear of this. So we're walking up this mountain path and, and I've got this fear of like in the movie, there's music that plays and they hear it audibly in the woods and on the trail right before something horrible happens. And I swear I was like hearing little faint sounds of that music. And I wouldn't think that watching one movie would cause me to have a bad vacation. But after that hike, we, we finally, I went, babe, this is creepy. Let's, and she thought the same thing too. She was like, yeah, we just watched that movie like a week ago. So let's, let's not do this trail. So we ended up going around the lake. We had a good time in that, but I remember getting in the car and I hadn't had a cigarette at the time because we were high up hiking and stuff and I didn't even have any with me. And I know we were going to go try to find a convenience store so I could get some. Uh, that's how addiction works, guys, let me tell you. And so I remember fighting with her and having like one of the worst fights, not just because I needed a smoke, but because... I was already in a fear-based mindset. Yes, we had had a, an enjoyable experience, but it's already ingraining things on my karmic imprint, on my script. You don't have to believe in karma. You can just talk about the script or the operating system of your life. You can talk about your mental programming, whatever you want to call it. 
obviously I had imprinted something on my energies, my actions, my thoughts and emotions that was manifesting now. And I'm fighting with my wife, having a horrible time to the point where we both questioned, should we have even gotten married? That's how powerful this is, guys. You got all these gurus online. Everybody's talking about living this incredible life and getting downloads and all this stuff. And it's hard work. It is really hard work. And that is the greatest horror story ever told. Is that you actually are in control of your life to the point where you can live in horror. You can live in light. And you can have both of them and try to figure out the difference. And it's the wildest thing. And again, I get it. There's always someone in the comments. Well, you know, well, what about when dot, dot, dot happens and these people didn't have control over it and horrible things happened here and blah, blah, blah. And like, yes, I get that. That is evil in the world. We'll talk about evil on another episode. But I'm talking about your personal experience. That trip sucked for me because I thought I was going to get a divorce. And we had been married like a whole year at that point, I think. We just could not get along. Because I had a lot of script that I hadn't rewritten to be married. And same thing with my wife. We were both loners doing things on our own, our way, being selfish, being prideful. Me being addicted. Curious Multiverse says, yes, fear is opposite of love and faith, energies, frequencies, and vibrations. Absolutely. Annie says, my dad took me to see a pet cemetery at five, burying animals still scare me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Robert says, there's theories certain deities feed off the chemicals of your body produced during times you're in fear. That's, hey, I can totally see that. Especially the energetic discharge that you have. Now, we're talking about fear. Let me talk about light for a minute here. So I got this movie, scared the heck out of me. Had this negative experience. It's not the movie's fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. This morning, I had a prayer session. I pray every morning before I do this, guys. I want you guys to know that. This is not just something I sit down, have a cup of coffee, and go have a spin session because I'm so smart. I spend an hour on my porch every morning praying, walking around the yard, walking on the driveway. I do some grounding with my feet on the grass, all the stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and really just talking to the father, working through things in my head, uh, working on myself. And then I'll sit there for the rest of my prayer session, have coffee on the porch, hear the train go by, watch the sun or the wind or the moon or whatever's out at that time or the planes go over, or the workers drive back and forth, and just try to experience. Now, do I live in the country and have this beautiful, perfect meditative state? No, but I'm learning in the middle of chaos how to find that. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today. How do you transcend? What does all this stuff mean that we've been learning together and experiencing as a community? You transcend by going within and by finding the kingdom of God within you. And as we've studied Old Testament, and I propose that I don't personally believe that the father that Christ spoke about and spoke to 
is not some sky god that descends upon mountains in fire and smoke and judgment. And I don't believe his character changed post-sacrifice of Christ. I believe that Christ brought a new god, a new kingdom. Two people that had been under lock and key of the old gods and the old systems. And what immediately happens after that? A new church is born, new systems and new locks and keys are put in place. And what are we living in now? There's nothing new under the sun. It's cyclical. And every once in a while, someone wakes up and says, wait a minute. And brings a message back into the world of love and light and oneness. And continues to get berated for it. We're told to be like Christ within the church systems. Yet no one wants to deal with any persecution from that. I got called Satan yesterday on the live stream. You'd think I'd be used to it now, but it still hurts. I'm literally trying to do work of light and love and oneness and unity and actually bring that Christ energy into the world and manifest it. Manifest the kingdom of God as a seed of the kingdom of God, as a son of God. We are sons and daughters of God. I don't care what you call him. I'm not calling him a Christian God or a Jewish God or a Muslim God or a Hindu God or a Sumerian God or or an Egyptian God. He is just the one, the unity, the source, the consciousness, the universe. I don't care what you call him. You know him because you are him. That's blasphemy. No, it's not. That's the message Christ brought. That's the message of who we are, to wake up and realize that we are parts of the creator, co-creating creation. We can raise the vibration or lower it. That's up to us. And it starts within us, within our families, within our friend groups, within our homes, within our towns. And I put it out here online for everybody. That's been one of the biggest exercises and horror, you know, all this stuff, like I got to deal with all of this. I'm putting myself out there every day and it's, it's not easy. And I talk about doing the work. That's the work. And I'm not saying you have to go and live stream all your stuff every day, but I'm saying there's work internally to do. Jason says, keep it going, bro. Don't let them get you down, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And so this light that I'm talking about, I want to end this episode right before I read this verse over in Ecclesiastes. I'm standing on the porch this morning and I look up at the sun and there's there's clouds going over it and mist. And it gets so dim that I can literally see the perfect outline of it and it almost looks like the moon. So I'm able to stare at it. I'm not telling you to go stare at the sun, but I'm able to stare at it. And I watch the mist part and it made like this beautiful shape coming down looked like it was just coming down over my neighborhood. And I stopped, I put my hand on my heart, and I'm just thanking the Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Gratitude, gratitude. And I'm projecting, I'm using my energy. I am aligning my thoughts with an action, with an emotion that I'm actually feeling into this. And then I start to feel the energetic release projecting out into the universe, projecting into my neighborhood, expanding my consciousness, and immediately I get a huge release, a huge energetic and emotional release of gratitude to the point where I almost started crying. 
And Sadaguru talks about this. And he did it one time for like four hours and woke up on a rock in the middle of the stream just sitting there with his legs crossed. I'm starting to understand what this is and why Christ went into the wilderness alone to meet with his father. Because there's something about transcending these horror stories that we tell ourselves and this matrix that we've been born into. You are in charge of you. And there's always stimuli coming from other people. It can be mentally, physically, spiritually, that's going to try to mess with you. But you have an opportunity to work on yourself in these four core levels that I'm talking about. Go within, find the kingdom of God, and begin to manifest it outwardly. In a way, when people look at you and they go, that's not the same person. That is the gospel. In whatever faith tradition you want to look at, that is the good news. That you can actually manifest that because it is within you. Christ said, you will do greater things than even I have done. And while I love Christ, it's his energy that we interact with today. And we can manifest that very kingdom he talked about. And once you start digging within you and you actually clear out all of your own cobwebs and all your own BS... You start to find that there is light within you. There is love and empathy within you. And you start aligning these four areas or these four yogas that I talked about yesterday in your life. You start returning back to something more beautiful and less like the world. I say the world in general, in general, the matrix wants you to look decay, sadness, depressed worried scared fear nothing's gonna work out there's not enough will the economy will the health will the family member will the friend will the town all the stuff but when you go within deep enough you find this a return to glory a return to innocence and beauty and light There's something powerful about that, guys. I love you. I hope this has been a good episode. I hope that it's triggered something in your heart to go within you and understand that you are not what they say you are. Jason says, man, you say the same things that I've been saying growing up. It's crazy. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Troy says, thanks, Cubs. See you later. Thank you, Troy. Shaman, what's up? I just now saw your comment. Bless you for being here. Yes, stars and butterflies, brother. Been seeing butterflies everywhere lately. They, they've they been playing outside. Obviously, it's a season for them, but it, it's a representation of serendipity and, uh, you know, everything in balance working together. Butterfly can't fly when the wind is 90 miles an hour. Uh, but when it's beautiful and still and there's light out, a butterfly can thrive. They also, I saw a meme today that, or, or a, a inspirational thing that said, you know, butterfly can't see their own wings and their own beauty. And that's the same thing with pers- with people, with you and I. I can see your beauty. But I promise you, if you go within, you find that kingdom. Robert, I know what you're talking about, but everything I do is completely natural. 
completely natural, okay? Uh, a lot of people come in here, they talk about substances. There's substances that give you, you know, this this uh, feeling and these, you know, uh, oneness and unity and everything. Guys, I get that. But that's all pharmakia. I'm here, I'm into the yogas, I'm into the ascended masters, I'm into Krishna, Buddha, Christ, Christ consciousness, unity and love and wielding vibrations, not chemicals. So, and yes, your body produces it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and I'm just saying that because a lot of people come on here and go, oh, go take this or go do that. You know, and I just want to be really clear that that's, I've done all of that, by the way, I've been there. I had all my college to, to do all that stuff. And, and, and I get it, but I've also experienced way better, way better by aligning these four areas of my life, my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, and my energies. And I'm only at the tip of the iceberg. And if I've experienced that good now, give me another 10 years with this and see what our teachings produce, see what this community produces. I'm just saying. So I love you guys. I hope you uh hope you get a uh a good vibe from this today. Uh so if you're preaching uh practices pay respect to the rituals. Uh I mean obviously the rituals that I do, prayer, meditation, uh alignment, all of those things. I mean those are all we we all do rituals. You you go to Starbucks in the morning, that's a ritual. So, you know, absolutely. Like, I totally get that, Shaman. Absolutely. And I get, Shaman, that that's, that's part of your, your message. That's part of what you're doing. Uh, but again, for me, that's not how I approach things. So I don't believe that Christ was walking around doing those things. I believe that he found that kingdom completely naturally, completely uh, on his own, completely because he finally woke up and realized that he is God. So, um, look up mana. Yeah. Mana is actually, um, an extraterrestrial thing, you know, depending on how you look it up. So, um, and yes, I know that theory shaman. I, I totally understand that. Trust me. I've been there. I've done, I've done all the stuff. Like I, I get it. I get it. But I can also be on the other side of that now and understand, um, understand what I've experienced in my own life. And I want to help a lot of people. I've watched that stuff destroy a lot of people, shaman. And that's part of my message here because it almost destroyed me. I was so addicted to that experience all the time. How much can I get? How? Where can I get it? Where can I have the next one? And now I'm getting, now I'm getting to experience that in my life naturally. Because there is something to be said for opening your third eye with your heart with your actions, with your energies, not just ripping it open because you can. Because obviously there's always something on this planet to give you the desired effect that you want. But God says and Christ taught that that is within you already. I have everything I need. So, anyway... Uh, well, shaman, much love, man, but we may disagree on that. And that's totally cool. We don't have to agree a hundred percent of the time. So, 
Um, uh, and yes, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Deannon says he's not preaching, only stating facts in his own life. Exactly. Exactly. I may sound like I'm preaching, preaching, but, um, but this is because I've experienced it. I've watched addiction literally kill friends of mine. Literally. I went to a funeral last year of someone that I grew up with because of addiction. He was in a coffin. This was a professional, by the way, not somebody living in, you know, whatever. This was a professional, well-respected, tons of friends and followers on social media. My age, exactly. Love doing the same things I did and they're gone. I've had people within my own circles this year take their own life. What I'm sharing here is that you don't need all of that stuff to find God. Because he's in you. And I don't need to listen to dead ancestors, shaman, to know that the Christ is in me. Because rather than creating followers of Christ, we need to create embodiers of Christ. That's what I teach. That's what my message is. That's what takes us from darkness to light, from decay to beauty. I love you guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful morning. Be live here at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and 11 a.m. tomorrow, Central Standard Time, twice a day, podcast going out. I'm going to drop a bunch of videos today talking about what we talked about in smaller bite-sized pieces. Thank you guys for your support. You can always support me more by hitting up the website, www.cubcooker.com. .me will get you there too, but .com is the new one. That's the one we're going to stick with. I just have to remember it. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R dot com. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R dot com. Uh, Shaman says, my art took me there. Awesome, awesome. Art Artwork is, you know, that's a totally natural means. Painting, drawing, journaling, uh, working with clay, working with glass, working with uh, leather works. You know, we've got one of my best friends, uh, 74 leather craft shout out to him. He's not on now, but we're going to get him full time guys. We're going to get him there. That's part of what I'm doing here. I've got friends that are doing this creator thing too, that align with what I'm doing here. We're going to get Jacob 74 leather craft. Go follow him. He's over on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, he's on Facebook at J uh, as Jacob Maroney, M-E-R-O-N-E-Y. Go follow him. I'll have him on the podcast here soon, but I just want to give a shout out to him. He's out there working it. He's transcending all of this crap in his life. He's had all the stuff too. We all have the stuff, guys. I'm not just talking about physical stuff. I'm talking about emotional, mental, mental physical baggage, whatever you want to call it. But he's out there hustling. He's doing that artwork. He's found a lot of transcendence through that artwork. And it's beautiful, guys. I love watching people heal and grow. 
and shaman i love you too thank you and thank you for showing up every day here um maybe we can do a podcast together sometime i need to go watch more of your content so uh, and I'm, I'm into aligning myself with people. So I, I had people reach out all the time wanting to be on the podcast. They see the following we've built. They see the group we've built. They see the values we're sharing and the commitment from the community. That's the biggest thing. We've got a really tight community here and they want to be on. And I go, great. Well, what's your TikTok handle? Oh, we're not on TikTok. Well, get out of that limitation and get out there. Be on TikTok make content you want to align with me professionally and you want to do a co-hosted live stream you have to have at least a thousand followers on tiktok and you better darn well have hundreds of videos you've pumped out sharing what you really believe and you really think and really blessing your community or i'm not going to pump you up on here and that's not a selfish thing guys that's a I'm not going to promote anyone that I don't align with and I don't see that they're putting in the work and creating beauty in the world. That's just how it is. Um, thank you. Uh, Shaman says, I see your vision. Um, within 24 hours I was in Jerusalem. I would love to go to Jerusalem. I would love to. And I'm hoping maybe next year we can, you know, I'm hoping next year produces a lot of cool travel for this channel to go and meet people, go and document things, go and see all this stuff that we're talking about. Yes, and the fruit, Annie, and the fruit. Look for the fruit, guys. Remember, the greatest horror story ever told is the one that's happening in real life right now. And you can either join it or you can create your own fairy tale, a story of beauty and light and opportunity. And again, I get that there's evil in the world and that evil sometimes tries to come into the fairy tale. But you can't even begin to wield power over that evil if you don't begin to build your kingdom spiritually, the kingdom of God. I love you. I will see you this afternoon. Thank you guys for being here. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Peace.